Heavenly Father, we're so grateful to be in your midst, Lord. We're so thankful that you've given us the opportunity to worship with you on your Sabbath day. Now, our Lord, as we get ready to hear the word from you, Lord, we ask, O Lord, that you would guide me through your Holy Spirit. And let them not hear my words, but hear your words revealed through me. In Jesus' name, amen. The title of today's lesson or sermon, The Test of the Christian. The Test of the Christian. Now, if you miss anything, you can go back and read it because this sermon is based on chapter 7 of Steps to Christ. So if you miss something, there's no excuse for not going and reading it. Chapter 7 of Steps to Christ. Hebrews 10.16 was read. I'm going to read again. This is the covenant that I will make with thee after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and in their minds will I write them. Do you love God? Of course we love God. Do we really? Do we really love God? Are we really doing what the Bible says we're supposed to be doing to show our love for God? Is there a test for the Christian that tells, that shows God that we love him? The Bible says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Are we keeping all of God's commandments? Is obedience a demonstration of love? And are we obedient to God? Our, you know, as we look around our world today, everyone is disobedient. No one cares about being obedient. Everywhere we look, crime is on the rise. No longer is crime just at night. It happens in the middle of the day. We see people robbing banks. They're robbing stores, hijacking cars, and the cameras don't stop anyone. As a matter of fact, they smile in the camera hoping that they'll find their face on TV. In our homes, our kids are disobedient. They have no respect for their parents, no respect for their elders, no respect for their teachers, no respect for law enforcement, and no respect for anyone else. Parents are not training their children to be respectful and obedient because the parents need to be trained themselves. So if the parents are not respectful, how do you expect them to train their children to be obedient and respectful? As a country, we have more degrees And we have more education than ever before. And yet, as a society, we are more messed up and more wicked than ever before. We are living in a time when our boys grow up to be women. And our girls grow up to be men. And it's okay. 
in our world, it's okay. As a nation, we are sick to the very core. What about the church? What about us as individual members of God's church? Are you a follower of Jesus? Does Jesus have your heart? Where does your thoughts lie? Of whom do you love to speak of? Who has your warmest affections and your best energies? If we are Christ, our thoughts are with him. Our sweetest thoughts are of him. All we have and all we are is about him. We love to bear his image, breathe his spirit, do his will, and please him in all things. Yes? When we become new creatures in Jesus Christ, we will bring forth the fruits of the Spirit. What are the fruits of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. It's Galatians 5, and 23. We will no longer fashion ourselves according to the former lust, but by faith of the Son of God we will follow in his steps. Reflect his character and purify ourselves even as he is pure. The things we once hated we now love. And the things we once loved we now hate. The proud and self-assertive become meek and lowly in heart. The vain and arrogant become serious and modest. The drunk become sober. The vain customs and fashions of the world are put aside. We of Christians will seek not the outward adorning, adorning, but the inner man, right? We seek the inner man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit. 1 Peter 3.3 3. There is no evidence of genuine repentance unless it works reformation. No evidence of genuine repentance unless there's a reformation. There has to be a change in our lives. If we restore the pledge, give back what we have robbed. Give back what we have robbed. Have we robbed something? Confess our sins, love God and our fellow men, then we the sinner may have confidence that we have passed from death unto life. When in, as erring sinful beings, we come to Christ and become partakers of his pardoning grace, love springs up in the heart. Every burden is light, for the yoke that Christ imposes is easy. Duty becomes a delight and sacrifice a pleasure. The path that before seems shrouded in darkness becomes bright with beams from the Son of Righteousness. The loveliness of the character of Christ will be seen in his followers. It was his delight to do the will of God. Love to God, zeal for his glory was the controlling power in our Savior's life. Love beautifies, it enhances, and ennobled, made honorable in all his actions. Love is of God. The unconsecrated heart cannot originate or produce it. It is found only in the heart where Jesus reigns. 
We love because he first loved us. First John 4.19. In the heart renewed by grace, love is the principal action. It modifies the character, governs the impulses, controls the passion, subdues hatred, and ennobles the affections. This love, cherished in the soul, sweetens the life, sheds a refining influence on all around us. There are two errors against which the children of God, particularly those who have just come to trust in his grace, especially need to guard. Two errors. The first already dwelt upon is that looking to our own works, trusting to anything that we do to bring ourselves into harmony with God. When we try to become holy by our own works and keeping the law, we are attempting an impossibility. Anything that we try to do without Christ is polluted with selfishness and sin. It is the grace of Christ alone, through faith, that can make us holy. The opposite is no less a dangerous error. It is the belief that Christ releases us from keeping the law of God. That since by faith alone we become partakers of his grace, our works have nothing to do with our redemption. Right? We believe, of course we believe, it's by faith alone. But after we have been given our heart over to God, what does God expect us to do? To follow him, right? There's works that we have to do. We have to follow Christ. But notice here, That obedience is not a mere outward compliance. Obedience is not just an outward compliance, but the service of love. The law of God is an expression of his very nature. It is the essence of the great principle of love and hence is the foundation of his government in heaven and in earth. If our hearts are renewed in the likeness of God, if the divine love is implanted in our souls, will not the law of God be carried out in our lives? When the principle of love is implanted in the heart, when we are renewed after the image of Jesus who created us, the new covenant promise is fulfilled. I will put my laws in their hearts and in their minds I will write them, Hebrews 10, 16. And if the law is written in the heart, will it not shape the life? If the law is in the heart, it will overflow in your actions to others. Obedience. Obedience, the service and allegiance of love, is the true sign of discipleship. Obedience, the service and and allegiance of love is the true sign of being a Christian. Let's sink in. Thus the scripture says, This is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. 1 John 5, 3 and 1 John 2, 4. Instead of releasing us from obedience, faith It is faith and faith only that makes us partakers of the grace of Christ, which enables us to render obedience. It is our trust and faith in God that enable us to become obedient to his will. 
We do not earn salvation by our obedience, for salvation is a free gift of God. You always remember, salvation is free. To be received by faith. But obedience is the result, is the fruit of faith. Obedience is the fruit of faith. 1 John 3, 5, and 6. Ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth have not seen him, neither neither known him. Here's the true test. If we abide in Christ, if the love of God dwells in us, our feelings, our thoughts, our purposes, our actions will be in harmony with the will of God expressed in the precepts of his holy law. 1 John 3, 7. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. Righteousness is defined by the standard of God's holy law. Righteousness is defined by the standard of God's holy law as expressed in the Ten Commandments. More importantly, God changes the heart. More importantly, God changes the heart. He abides in our hearts by faith. We are to maintain this connection with Christ by faith and the continual surrender of our will to him. So as as long as we do this, he will work in us to will and to do according to his good pleasure. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. But Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew 10, 20. It is not you that speaks. It is not you that speaks, but the spirit of your father which speaks in you. Then with Christ working in us, we will manifest the same spirit and do the same good works, the works of righteousness and being obedient. So we have nothing in in ourselves to boast. We have no ground for self-exaltation. Our only ground of hope is in the righteousness of Christ imputed to us. This is established or created by a spirit working in and through us. When we speak of faith, there is a distinction that we should recognize. There is a kind of belief that is wholly distinct from faith. The existence and power of God, the truth of his word, are facts that even Satan and his demons cannot deny. The Bible says in James 2.19, you believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But this is not faith. There has to be more than only a belief in God's word. There also needs to be a submission of the will to him. When the heart is yielded to him, when the affections are fixed upon him, that is faith. The Bible says the demons believe, Satan believes there's God. 
So when somebody tells you, I believe in God, okay, that's not faith. Do you honor God? Do you believe in, enough in him that you'll be obedient to what he has asked us to do? When we become obedient with the knowledge that we have, and that's faith. A faith that works by love and purifies the soul. Through this faith, the heart is renewed in the image of God. When the unrenewed heart is renewed, it can now delight in God's holy precepts. Exclaiming the psalmist in Psalms 119.97, Oh, how I love your law. It is the meditation all the day. And the righteousness of the law is fulfilled in us. Romans 8, 1, there is, the, there is therefore now no condemnation in those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. There's no conviction on us. There's no why. Because we have changed. We have accepted by faith. And to prove that our, we have accepted by faith, there's a part of us that we seek to do what we have learned, right? Believing, not seeing, believing that God is going to help us. We step out on faith. There are those of us who have known the pardoning love of Christ and who really desire to be children of God. Yet we realize that our character is defective, imperfect, and we see that a character is not what it's supposed to be. Yes? We are ready to doubt whether our hearts have been renewed by the Holy Spirit. To these, I would say, don't be discouraged. Do not draw back in despair. Oftentimes, we have to bow down and weep at the feet of Jesus. Because of our shortcomings and mistakes, but we are not to be discouraged. Even if, even if we are overcome by the enemy, we are not cast off, not forsaken, and not rejected by God. No, Christ is at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us, said the beloved John in 1 John 2, 1. These things I write unto you, that you sin not. And if any man sin... We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And do not forget the words of Christ. The Father himself loves you. The Father himself loves you. John 16, 27. Our Heavenly Father desires to restore us in himself. To see his own purity and holiness reflected in us. And if we will but yield ourselves to him... He that hath begun a good work in us will carry it forward to the day of Jesus Christ. We are to pray more fervently, believe more fully. And as we come to distrust our own power, let us trust in the power of our Redeemer. And we shall praise him who is the health of our continents. The closer we come to Jesus the more faulty we will appear in our own eyes. Isn't that true? He's like, man, I didn't messed up again. Hmm? But you know, Christ died because we messed up. 
He wouldn't have to die if we didn't mess up. So why we complain? And we have an advocate with the Father. The belief is Christ knows that we messed up. That's why he died for us. Not the other way around. This is evident that Satan's delusions have lost their power. That the the vitalizing influence of the Spirit of God is arousing you. No deep-seated love for Jesus can dwell in a heart that does not realize its own sinfulness. The soul that is transformed by the grace of Christ will admire his divine character. But if we do not see our own moral deformity, it is unmistakable evidence that we have not had a view of the beauty and excellence of Christ. So every time we look at Christ and we see how messed up we are, that's what we're supposed to see. That's how we know we're growing closer to Christ because we start seeing the reality of who we are. You know, we're not somebody. Oh, I'm somebody. No, we're not. Christ is somebody. And we are Christ. And as we start giving ourselves over to Christ and be obedient, more obedient to the word, now we know we're growing. Growing up in Christ from a child to a man or a woman. The less we see in admiring ourselves, the more we shall see to appreciate the infinite purity and the loveliness of our Savior. A view of our sinfulness drives us to him who can pardon. And when the soul realizes our helplessness, reaches out to Christ, he will reveal himself in power. The more our sense of need drives us to him and to the word of God, the more exalted views we will have of his character, and the more fully we shall reflect his image. Saints, we live in a sinful world. We were born in a sinful world. We're the only world that Christ died for. He didn't go to the perfect worlds to die. He came to us to die. Because of the love that the Father has for us. The Bible says, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The gospel is about having everlasting life, about believing in Jesus. You know, we're still up on the earth. We still have an opportunity, not only for ourselves, but for those around us. To be blessed. You know, our world that we're living in is not getting better. It will not get better. <clears throat> so every day we say, man, it's getting it's worse today than it was yesterday. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. And it's going to be worse tomorrow than it is today. But, you know, God provided a plan for us. That he would send his only begotten son to die for us that we may have the right to live. And what are we doing about it? He's not making us. He's not forcing us. He's showing the love that we can see so that we can of ourselves accept the love that he has provided for us. And what are we doing? Are we accepting love for ourselves? And then after we accept that love, who are we telling? Because if it's so good to us, that must be, that must be mean. Uh, we can tell everybody we see because, you know, when you eat a piece of chocolate cake and it's like, oh, man, this is a car- carbo cake or whatever cake. 
Then you hold, you don't hold it to yourself, do you? You telling somebody else? If God is so good to us, who are we telling? That's the gospel. When you start telling other people about Jesus, you're growing up in Christ. Because you have realized he's so good to you because you know how many mistakes you have made. And even now, you've been in the, the Christian faith for so long and you're still making mistakes. And he's like, Lord, what happened? Right? Lord, what's happening? But you still, God is still working with you. And God is not going to let you go. You're gonna, you may let God go, but he will never let you go. He paid the eternal price. God will always be changed because of you. You know that? He will always be changed. His body will always be changed. He will wear this body that he died with, that he grew up with, because of us. So do we love him enough to accept his sacrifice for our very self, for our very lives? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your saving message today. You ask, O Lord, that you will build our faith to be like Jesus. And to depend on Jesus in everything that we find ourselves doing. Guide us through these difficult times. Help us to overcome our disappointments and our unbelief. Give us the strength we need each and every day to be sons and daughters of God in our words and in our deeds. In Jesus' name, amen.